0: Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 76 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you all personal finance topics that I think can be particularly helpful for you in your personal financial life. Today, what we're going to talk about are 10 questions that you should ask a financial advisor before ever doing business with them. We all know that there are many, many advisors out there. There are many people that um, they claim to want to help you to grow your money over the long term and help you live the life that you've always wanted to live. But the the actual actions that they put forward aren't always in line with what is best for you. And so before you ever do business with anyone uh, as a financial advisor, investment advisor, anything like that, there are questions that you should ask them. Uh, to make sure that they are aligned with your viewpoint. You must remember that this individual uh, is getting paid by you for a service. Therefore, that service uh, should be adequate to your needs. And so we're going to talk about that today and how you can best benefit from the use of a financial advisor based on uh, your common ideologies with that individual. Before we get started, though, If you could, go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments as we go along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify Podcasts, make sure that you subscribe there and leave me a review. Follow me on social media, all the major social media platforms, at Dylan. And uh, if you are interested in working one-on-one in financial coaching, uh, we can definitely set that up. Uh, I just need you to go to my website, www.MNOWithDylan.com. Click on the work with Dylan tab and choose the financial coaching session type that would work best for you and we can begin creating that relationship and starting to work together and getting you on a plan that will work for you. So the question that I want to start today off with is not one of the 10 questions that you would need to ask a financial advisor before ever doing business with them, but I just want to start off with, are financial advisors good? Are financial advisors something that you need? Is it something that is required of you to have somebody that works with you and for you? And the answer to the need is not everybody needs a financial advisor. 100% true. I don't have one personally. Yeah, but you may say, oh, well, you know all about this stuff. You've done this stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, okay, if you have the adequate knowledge of things, and I'm not even talking about being able to break everything down like I attempt to do day after day. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying if you have adequate knowledge of uh, your personal finances, how to budget, how to plan, um, you know how investments work, you can um, you know, walk yourself through that process as well, then the need for an advisor is not always huge. Now that's not to say that they can't be helpful. 100% they can be helpful. But the good of an advisor is the knowledge. The good of an advisor is for them to teach you. The last thing that we want is an advisor to try to take the reins and just go do what they want to do with your money. That's not at all what we're interested in. What we're interested in is somebody to teach us and inform us and then allow us to make the proper decisions. And that's what you're really looking for. You want to make the decisions for yourself, not be pushed, not be sold different products no you want to be informed about the you know actual ins and outs of personal finance and of your investing life and what you know you may need at this particular point or what may be um, effective strategies for you and then you can determine on your own if that is in fact what would be good for you so Advisors being good, advisors can be good, but there are many bad ones too. And that's kind of at the at the, you know, crux of what today is all about is if advisors are good, then they should be able to answer these 10 questions we're going to go over in a way that is satisfactory, in a way uh, that will allow us to say, "Yes, I do want to work with you. It would be a good idea to work with you, and you can have somebody to walk alongside you in your financial life. And that's a great thing. It is a great thing to have somebody to walk alongside you, um, especially if you know you don't have the knowledge particularly or you and your spouse don't have the knowledge particularly and you need somebody uh, that, that walks alongside you, especially in the investment process, uh, then financial advisors can be uh, helpful. But I will again say it, They are not all going to be that way. You cannot trust that they are all going to be that way. They should be your employees. You should call the shots. They should simply be uh, the providers of information and options. They should do the things that you want to build your financial life up to the point of ultimate financial freedom. And also, I would say that even though financial advisors can be good, a lot of us are at points in life Uh, where maybe you don't need an advisor right now. If you're just working on getting out of debt or if you're just working on trying to save money up or you're trying to do those types of things, then a financial advisor is not necessarily going to be the best person to have in your corner. Um, I, I offer financial coaching services and I can help with those types of things, but advisors who deal with investments and things like that are not necessarily what you would want when you are trying to get through those particular parts of your financial life. They can help you when things get a bit weird, things get a little bit um, to where, you know, you don't really know much about this area, and they can help to teach, if they are individuals who actually want to teach you and not sell you another product. So let's jump into these 10 questions, these 10 questions that you should ask a financial advisor before you ever work with one, okay? And so the first one is, are you a fiduciary? And you may have heard this word before, and you may not, and you may go, what in the world is a fiduciary? Well, let me break it down for you just real quick. There are requirements by the federal government that um, certain advisors and uh, people in certain positions should have uh, as far as being a fiduciary for their clients. And all that that means is that they do what is best for their clients at all time. An individual who is not a fiduciary all that they are required to do is to give you something that is suitable and that doesn't necessarily mean that it is best suitability and something that is the best for you that those are not necessarily equivalent something may be particularly suitable meaning you know it could get the job done but if it's not the best thing that you could offer a client then you weren't acting as a fiduciary to that client and this is the most um, you know This is the weirdest of the questions that you're going to ask, Um, and it's probably going to mean the least to you, but at least you know if they must act as a fiduciary, then they must act in your best interest at all times legally, and that is a good sign in the first place. So that's a good place to start, and then you can move into these more specific questions, um, and it will really open up the door and see if they are individuals who are just trying to sell to you, if they're into making money more than helping their clients, uh, or if uh, you know they are actually good teachers and can um, move you forward in your financial life um, and, and do things that are best for you. Then the next question that you wanna ask them, even though it may be one that is a bit awkward, but you need to know this because you are the person who is going to pay this individual to work for you, your next question should be, how do you get paid? And that's an issue that a lot of people have is they don't know how their advisors get paid. They don't know how their money is going towards their advisors or in what amount or when or things like that. And you would obviously, if you were having to write checks to your advisor, uh, you would know that that money was coming out. But the tricky thing, and it's, it's tricky, but it's not out of the norm. I don't want you to think that this is a wrong thing. This is something that occurs. What occurs is uh, most fee-based financial advisors, which is what you want. You want a fee-based, not a commission-based, and we'll get to that in just a moment. A fee-based financial advisor will take a fee from your assets under management, so uh, that means the money that you um, have allowed them to invest for you in the way that you have told them to do so um, they will take a fee from that. And it's typically, they it's stated as an annual fee and they'll take it quarterly or something like that. Uh, but when they take out these particular fees, people don't really notice because day to day, your account values change uh, because they are in the market. Well, given that that is the fact, then we don't really notice when those fees do come out of our account. And so it's, it's less friction that way. And given that there is less friction, Some advisors have some hefty fee structures, and we don't want that. Uh, The typical fee for assets under management uh, for a financial advisor is about 1%, and uh, that can, in and of itself, eat into your net returns over the long term, Uh, but if you need the help of a financial advisor, that is something that is relatively commonplace in personal finance circles. Now, like I said a moment ago, we want somebody who is fee-based in their uh, compensation, not somebody who receives commission. And so what does this mean? An individual who receives commission has an incentive to sell certain products to you. And that creates a conflict because within uh, within the advisor's own mind, they know that if they sell you these products, they get paid more. And so it incentivizes them to sell these products to you, even if those products are not what is best for you. So if if an advisor has a commission-based schedule on anything that you may do that is not something that you want, you do not want somebody who is going to make commissions on selling you something, you only want somebody who will just take as their fee, and you, they should take some fee because they are working for you, they are helping you out, they should get some fee, but it should be a reasonable fee. Um, and so they take some fee and uh, help you to invest your money in the way that you have decided it should be done. And that's the only way that they should get paid from you. Um, either that or if, uh, the, and this is also fee-based, if you know they charge you for any time that uh, they spend in the office with you, working with you, teaching you, even though maybe you haven't invested anything or there's some hourly rate or something along that line. That is still reasonable because this individual wants to get paid for their time. And that, um, as long as there's a reasonable fee, then that is perfectly fine. But uh, we want reasonable fees and not commissions on anything. And along those same lines the third question that we need to ask a financial advisor is what are my all-in costs if i stay with you for x amount of years and i invest x amount of money what will my all-in costs be for investing with you and they should be able to show you what those all-in costs will end up being and you might be surprised that the fee that didn't seem like such a big deal becomes an all-in cost that really eats away at your ability to build wealth over the long term Just a 1% fee, like I said, which is very commonplace, can eat away at returns at a crazy rate over time because of compound interest. And so that's one reason that I always wanna make sure that we're only using financial advisors if we absolutely need the help and can't get it anywhere else. Because if you can do it by yourself, you can save on these fees and not have to pay that 1%, that 1.5%, whatever it may be, and not have your net returns eaten away by these fees over time. But you should know what your all-in costs are if you are using a financial advisor. So that's a follow-up question to how do you get paid? Then it should be what are the all-in costs? Because you need to know what you are paying them, and you need to see is it worth it. Because the truth is, if you are on some percentage fee-based structure, as you make more money, they make more money on you. So just, just think very simply, if they're just making 1% and eventually you have a million dollars in the account, that means over the course of the year, they are making $10,000 off of you. And you have to ask yourself, is this person worth $10,000 to me? And over time, like I said, with compound interest and the growth of the, the dollar amount of the fee over time as your money grows... Uh, the amount that you can end up spending in fees is astronomical. So uh, just be careful, know your all-in costs, and make those decisions as to whether it's, whether or not it is worth it to you. Then you should go about asking the particular advisor, what are your qualifications? How, how do you you know have the qualifications to be doing this? What are the qualifications that you have? And uh, these individuals can typically be called Um, investment advisor representatives, registered investment advisors, things um, along those lines. Uh, You may also hear of qualifications like CFP, which is Certified Financial Planner, which is something that's very good. That's something that um, you would would like to know about that individual. Maybe they have a CFA, which is a Chartered Financial Analyst, which means that they've done a lot lot more quantitative training um, in getting the, the qualification that they have. Um, and then also, you know, just knowing their education in the similar way, just to know where they're at, what they are about. And um, you, you just need to vet these individuals and know that they actually have the knowledge to help you and they have the legal status to help you. Because you cannot work as um, an investment advisor uh, unless you have passed certain examinations. You cannot, you know, help somebody invest their money directly. Um, and they can't give you, uh, you know, investment advice for compensation if they have not uh, passed certain exams and, and passed certain uh, qualifications and keeping up with those qualifications over time. Uh, so you want to make sure that you can make sure that these individuals are in the uh, right realm given the qualification that they have. And you can look up the, the FINRA, F-I-N-R-A database keeps up with uh, the qualifications of all of these individuals that are qualified to help you. So you can go look them up there um, and, uh, you know, just inform yourself a little more. But you should ask them straight up and then go check afterward and make sure they were truthful. Then you should ask an advisor, How is our relationship going to work? And the reason that you ask them that is because you want to see if there are any um, you know, red flags or telltales in that question, uh, in the way they answer that question that would uh, deter you. And so uh, if you ask them, How will this relationship work? what you want to hear is, is that they will teach you, they will help you, they will help you walk through steps, they will, um, you know, how often you guys will meet how you will meet, whether it will be in person, on Zoom, uh, via phone call, you know, things like that. Because you want to meet multiple times a year with a financial advisor uh, to, you know, continue your learning process and to continue making sure that what you are asking them to do is being done. And the relationship that you have should also be one very similar to they are being your employee. Even though they are teaching you something, Um, because they should be teaching you, they don't call the shots, you call the shots. And so that's something that you need to make sure. You need to make sure that you are the one making the investment decisions, not them. They can inform you on what they believe is right. That's what they're there for. Uh, But you make the ultimate decisions, not them. And then you should go about asking them what their investment philosophy is. You want somebody who is going to shoot for good long-term returns uh, that... Uh, they are going to help you take adequate amounts of risk for your particular situation and help you with your risk and return balance. Uh, you want somebody who is not going to uh, freak out and want to sell you know, all the, their clients' positions when the market drops. You want to make sure that you don't have somebody like that. You want somebody who is patient, has a long-term viewpoint, and uh, that can keep a level head and not get too emotional uh, when the market drops and when the value of their client's money is declining. Because like we've talked about, if they are getting a fee for their, uh, a percentage fee for their uh, holding of your assets, for their investing of your assets, then they will, you know, as the market drops, they will make less money. And so they may be incentivized to try to cut their losses. And we want to make sure these are not individuals who will do that. And you'll also talk to them about their Asset allocation, right? What, what kind of asset allocation uh, do you believe in for me? What kind of asset allocation um, you know, do you think is best? And, and you want somebody who is dynamic in that way. You don't want somebody who just believes that one trumps all. Uh, and you want somebody who believes that everybody is a bit different in how they are going to allocate their funds. And they need to be a little bit different um, in the risk and the return that they should be shooting for. Because what you really want, you don't want somebody who is not going to allow you some diversification and asset allocation. Uh, you you want somebody who is willing uh, to help you spread your money out a bit. You don't want all of your money in large United States company stock. That's not what you want. Uh, you don't want all of it in international stocks. You don't want all of it in small companies. No, you want it to be at least well diversified, uh, especially if you are young. And uh, maybe have all of your money in stocks, then, or in stock mutual funds and stock ETFs. You at least want to be diversified. um, But then, past the diversification over time, um, having some kind of asset allocation goals um, and knowing when certain asset allocation types are most useful. Because over time, you probably want different mixes of assets, and for different situations, you want different mixes of assets. uh, You know, based on where you are, what your age is, how. Uh, much risk you're willing to take, things like that. Your asset allocation should be dynamic and should be uh, willing to change. And that's something that you want uh, to hear from them, but you don't necessarily want to hear that they're going to do it just by age or just by how long you're invested or, or things like that. Uh, those things are not necessarily the most effective ways uh, that they can go about um, investing with you. And then you should also ask them what investing benchmarks are you using so you know a lot of people use the s p 500 the dow jones the nasdaq these types of things just make sure that the investment benchmarks that they are using are indicative of the type of portfolio that you have so uh if your you know thought is to have some type of you know 80 20 stock bond allocation and they're comparing you to the s p 500 all of the time then that's not correct. Or if they're just comparing you to a bond index all the time, that's not correct. Or if they're comparing you to a 50-50 index, that's not correct. Uh, So you wanna make sure that they are comparing adequately and you also wanna know if they only compare to something like one of the major stock indices, um, you wanna know that as well because that probably means that they're willing to take on uh, more risk over time. And that may be okay for you, but it may also uh, not be where you are currently at. So you just wanna know that as a point of reference as to how they think about their investment philosophy. Then the ninth question that we have is, who is your custodian? Because all of these advisors are going to have a custodian that takes the funds and uh, you know executes the particular trades that the uh, advisor puts in on your behalf. And so you wanna know who that custodian is, who you'll be receiving uh, correspondence from, um, you want to do a little bit of research on your own about that custodian make sure that uh, there's nothing you know tricky or weird or, or strange about them um, because that is just the next level up of you know who is ultimately holding your money um, for that particular advisor. and they will all have uh, a custodian. so there's you know custodians like TD Ameritrade uh, and Charles Schwab and Edward Jones and all these different uh, custodians that are out there. Um, But you just want to make sure that the one that they are using is not uh, doing anything too tricky. And you want to make sure that if that custodian has a fee as well, on top of what the advisor takes, uh, that the advisor can disclose that to you as well. Because again, those fees can eat away at your returns. Then lastly, you should just ask the financial advisor, what is your thought on tax efficiency? Am I going to take a tax hit by investing this money with you? what are the tax implications of how you look to invest my money and and this is a really important question because uh, one it will be very telling as to if this individual has any type of um, knowledge and if this individual knows what they need to know about the things that they are trying to sell you on for instance if you are uh, wanting to start a roth ira they should be able to tell you uh, that investing in a roth ira is after tax money that grows tax free and you take the money out tax free after age 59 and a half with no penalty and they should be able to tell you if it's a traditional IRA that you're putting in pre-tax money and that you get a tax deduction on the front end it grows tax deferred and then you have to pay taxes on the back end after 59 and a half they should be able to tell you that if it is a taxable brokerage account that you will pay taxes on any realized gains that happen throughout uh, the course of a given year when you file your taxes and if you've held Uh, those particular securities for more than a year, it'll be at your capital gains tax rate, and they should know what that is or be able to look it up for you. Uh, Or uh, if it is within a year, then it's at your income tax rate. And they should be able to tell you these basic things about taxes, tax efficiency, um, how tax efficient a mutual fund is that they're using, um, how tax efficient an index fund is, things like that. They should be able to inform you on that. And if they are not, uh, then they obviously don't know enough about what they are trying to invest you in, and they obviously don't know enough about the implications of investing for the long term. Uh, So I I would just be very careful, especially with that tax question, because taxes play a huge role. Again, things that play roles in our net returns, and so we want to be in a place where we can uh, be minimizing taxes, and we want somebody who understands taxes well enough to help guide us in a certain position. I'm not saying the individual has to be a CPA, Uh, I'm just saying that they should have some general knowledge as to uh, the tax advantages of different accounts and the disadvantages when it comes to taxes uh, in different accounts as well. So when it comes down to it, ultimately, I just want you guys uh, to be careful. I want you guys to uh, really toe the line and really ask all the right questions. I really want you to have all the right information. I I want you to uh, know that the person you're working with if you choose to work with somebody, is going to be in your corner and doing what's best for you, and not trying to, um, you know, take you for a ride. There should be a healthy amount of skepticism uh, when working with any type of advisor. Uh, but if they can do all the things and prove to you that they are um, what you know they are as advertised, then you can go ahead and do what's best for you with that individual. And always know that you can always pick up and go you can always don't don't get so caught up in the fact that uh, you want to be loyal and you want to continue working with somebody just because you've worked with them for years or something if they're not doing what's best for you then nobody else is going to you can only do what's best for you and if you don't make any move uh, then there's nobody that's going to help you and so you need to make sure that you're making the best decision for yourself Uh, Don't worry so much about loyalty as you should worry about people doing what is right for you. Um, And just make sure that that's occurring. Make sure they're giving you good advice and and, um, not only answering these questions correctly, but as you build a relationship with them, that they are living out the things that they answer to you and that they're not contradicting themselves or being hypocrites. I, I, I want these questions to be a starting point and then I want you to watch them live it out. And if you see them living it out, then uh, I think that, that real trust can start to build um, and you can work with somebody for the long term. Also, just make sure that they are not you know, giving you the runaround on fees and they're not killing you in that area because we know and we've talked about before, investment fees can kill you. I don't love using advisors for the fact uh, that investment fees will kill you, but I want to make sure that you guys do the correct things uh, and maybe the, the use of an advisor Uh, can help you to do the correct things a lot more than trying to do things on your own and that may cost you a lot uh, in the long run doing incorrect things on your own. So um, I I wanna make sure that we all take the the right approach and do the things that are are best for us for our long-term financial wealth building um, and and make sure that we can uh, grow our money with some investment advisor at a good rate over a long period of time and end up in a place of financial freedom and ultimately a place where we can do what we want to do. We have options, we have choices, we have wealth that we can use to do all of our things. Give, save, and spend in all of the ways uh, that we choose to do. So hey guys, thanks for watching this video. If you could, go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments if you haven't already. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, then make sure that you subscribe there and leave me a review. Follow me on all the major social media platforms at MNO with Dylan. And if you're interested in working one on one with me uh, in a financial coaching session, then go to my website, www.mnowithdylan.com. Go to the Work with Dylan tab and pick the financial coaching session type that works best for you. We do all of these on Zoom. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at in the country or wherever, we can uh, do this and we can begin to work together and build. That relationship and I can help you walk through a financial plan for uh, you I am not an investment advisor I do not uh, invest your money for you but I help you to create a plan uh, that will work best for you to get out of debt to um, save money to uh, begin your investing process to pay your home off all these types of things that will help you reach ultimate financial freedom so tune in tomorrow as I Uh, continue this discussion about financial advisors into things that you never want to hear come out of their mouth. Uh, And I think that's going to be really, really interesting uh, for all of you. And and it'll really help you to recognize red flags when you see them. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.